Welcome to Storytime with Ellie, and I am Ellie. This is my first podcast, and we're here to help entrepreneurs on their journey and many different discussions, topics we will be discussing on this podcast of Storytime with Ellie. But first, we need to know a little bit about myself and where I come from and what I have done on my journey and how it got me to where I needed to be. But to help me tell my story, I want to welcome my co-host, Phil. Ellie, it's a pleasure to have you here. You know, we met a few months ago and you already have an incredible story. So I'm like, hey, look, you need to have a podcast. And there's so many different layers that we need to dive into. And so I think this very first episode that we have, we need to learn a little bit more about you and your journey. And then we can kind of transition into how the viewers and the listeners can can benefit from watching this podcast. So, so first of all, so how are you? I am doing fantastic. I am doing great. Um, just got through uh, St. Patrick's Day weekend. I mean, it is Sunday, but um, it was a holiday weekend. Yeah. <laughs> you no, know, no, I, I feel you. I feel you on that. I'm not really one of, of, a, of, a, of a party person. You know, I've I've been sheltered for most of my life. I just had my first shot of Patron, honestly. So <laughs> I get that. I understand that. I was actually sheltered most of my life. Um, and I think um, that's what happens. You either get it on the lower end. Or you're getting on the upper end, and I got mine on the upper end because the lower end I was too focused on my work, children, and my journey. Not saying I'm I'm done with my journey, but you know. So Ellie, we're here today. You know, you have a a very very interesting story. So let's actually go back to the beginning. Let's you know let's hear about you know where you're from. And how you actually got to where you are today. So give us a little bit of history about yourself. Uh, a lot of hard work. Um, I basically, I graduated high school at 16 years old. They thought I was going to go off, you know, right away into college. And I said, I, I mean, I did not. I um, said, I want to be an entrepreneur. And that's, I want to open up businesses and be like my dad. My dad was an entrepreneur. He opened up businesses. All you know, we grew up with that. I grew up with that. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. She raised the family. And um, so, how was your how was your relationship with with your parents? Because normally, when you hear that story, you know that's kind of traditional. You know what I mean? Like the dad worked and the moms kind of stayed at home. So, as a kid, you said you kind of leaned towards your dad. How did how was your relationship with your dad compared to your your, your mom? Um, I I think I had a great relationship with both of them. But I think later, oh, I don't know how to say this. I, as a woman, and I'm not the only one, we struggle a lot of times with this, that we want to be entrepreneurial, we want to be business women, but then we, we have that nurturing mom side, like, oh, we got to stay home and raise the kids. I was come from an era that most women did do that. They stayed home and raised kids and then went out and did their, did their work. I kind of struggled a little bit between the two where I wanted to be entrepreneurial. I wanted to be like my dad, but at the same time, I wanted to be like your mom and my mom. And I think I mastered it and I became both of them. So, so sense. can you, yeah, absolutely. So can you tell me about that moment when you're like, I want to do this? Was it, was it after you graduated uh, high school at 16 or, or was it before that? I think it was all my life. I had, a, there's something you're born with that has this drive and um, to know that we wanted more, you know, you wanted more than just to work in a, in a, in a just, I don't want to say an average job because every job is important. 
I mean, but, you can say that though. Well, there, there are average jobs out there. That's I fine. know, but I don't want. I'm not trying to throw stones at anything to say that. You no, know. you're not. But you're not throwing stones. Yeah, well, so anyway, yeah. I said just know I always wanted to own my own businesses because I was very I don't want to say control freak, but um, strong-minded, strong-willed, strong, always um, starting uh, projects. I was always the initiator. Always, this is as growing up as a kid, and I just always knew I had to like. I just knew I was going to be an entrepreneur, and I just that was just me. Now, did you get a lot of, I guess, flack because you? Let's be honest, you're you're a woman, and most entrepreneurs back then they're all men, right? So, Correct. was there was there a a point in time where you're like, man, am I doing the wrong thing? Because I'm sure a lot of probably a lot of people were like, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do this, you sh- you shouldn't do this. So, can you tell me about any any of the the negative feedback that you had that you um, that you got? I I got um. Well, I'm going to just fast forward. I think a lot of the negativity I got was when I um, went into the uh, automotive towing business. I think there was some negativity regarding a woman-owned business being a towing company. Um, I think... uh, Yeah, that's got to be super, super um, hard because being a a, a female business owner, and especially a female business owner in an industry like the towing business, that's got to be something that's like, whoa, whoa, you're a unicorn out there, right? Yeah, totally. Or what, what do you call it? The elephant in the room or something? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're, you're a unicorn. You're a unicorn <laughs> a in that unicorn. business. Oh, yeah, but what did you start there? I had uh, hair salons. Um, uh, opened up hair salons. I opened up beauty supply houses with the hair salons. Back then, it didn't even exist. So I was always doing things that were, I don't want to say out of the, not a normal thing, but like, why are you doing that? Why are you taking the hard road? And I said, uh, you know, it's just, I did things that were unique. I think that was part of it. So um, were you, were you, were you bored with, with normalcy? I'm going to ask you that question. Yeah. Yeah. I think I am. I, I don't like rules. <laughs> okay. Um, I prefer to be, um, I don't want to say ahead of the game. No, say it. You prefer to be ahead I of the game. I prefer to be ahead of the game. Yeah. I do. Uh, a little bit about, I guess, my journey, if you want me to go into some of this. Yeah, please. Um, let's hear about it. Um, I, st- I opened up, when I graduated at 16 years old, I went to uh, cosmetology school, got my hairdresser's license. I would say within two years of being out of school, I opened up my first hair salon, then I opened up my second hair salon. So I opened up two hair salons. I'm going to talk about the age. But I was probably 21, and I had two salons already. Mm-hmm. Um, met my first husband. We were young. He owned a towing company that I um, learned a lot about that industry. So I helped him and his family run the business. Um, stop saying um. Uh-huh. <laughs> you're fine so how was how was it like being when you when you met your first husband and you know you're already in this mindset that you don't want to be an entrepreneur you want to do this you want to do that how did that relationship how was that relationship being you know versus traditional was he opposed to you being a part of the business did he just want you to stay home how, how was that knowing that your your mindset and, and your 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 you know your uh, your ability how did you how did you manage that i think what Good question. I think what happened was um, <laughs> that that nurturing mom kicked in because I was in his business helping him run his business and bringing in a lot of money for the company. I, 
you know, I learned it, picked it up well. And then when I decided to have a, a baby, I got pregnant. I'm like, oh my God, the nurturing mom kicked in. I thought I had to stay home, raise the child. And I was torn because I wanted to do that. It's like, oh my God, I feel like I have to do that. That's the right thing to do. But something was nagging at me that I wanted to do, stay into business. But the bottom line was I wanted that to be a decision that I was to live with and make, and it wasn't. Um, he, at first, was okay with me working part-time in the company and being a mom. But then outside interference, uh, he didn't want that no more. He's like, no, you need to work every day with me at the shop. You need to help me with the company. This is where you belong. Anyone can raise a child, but no one can run this whoa, company. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold yeah. on. He said, he said anyone can yes. raise a Okay, first of all, that's not true. Well, that was the that was the mentality the back mentality. then. Wow. Anyone yeah. can raise a child. So, and that's when our fight started to really hmm. kick in. And I'm like, whoa, somebody's telling me what I need to do. And no one's going to tell me that I can't raise my kid or if I want. And that's another thing. I'm, I'm probably hard with rules. Like I said, no one's going to tell me that I can't raise my child. And that's what I want to do. Yeah. And um, I think that escalated into a lot of different negative, obviously, items. And um, he wanted to be, he wanted a divorce. So my son wasn't even two years old. And he, um, came home and said, if you can't run this company with me and be what I need, I want a divorce. And I said, well, you know, you know, <laughs> pick your battle. No, and he did. He walked out and left us. Wow. So he actually asked yeah. for the divorce. That's, yeah. that's rare. And I mean, I, I think there's a statistic out there of 80% of the divorces, the women are the ones who initiate. Absolutely. That. So, we'll talk about that in another podcast. Yeah. So what, what was your, okay. <laughs> Your initial reaction, right, when he's when he's when he said, "I want a divorce," coming from a man's mouth, as a woman, what did that say to you? Uh, I need I need to survive. <laughs> I have to put on my 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 fighting gloves. I needed to. Um, I fought to be able to raise my child. Right, I, I walked away from his company because he threw me out. So now I have to do what I need to do. I need to raise my child and do the right thing. And, you know, I needed to make money on my own as well because obviously we were thrown out in the street. And uh, I did it. I did it. I. Um, um, wow. OK, so you, you said you yeah. said you, you said you did it. So as a, a young a young mother, what what was your first step to bounce back? Like, what was your first win? What was your first win? Tell me about your first win that happened as a single mother. Well, I'm going to say I don't know if it was a quite a win. But the first thing I did was, um, I immediately, cause I had a hairdress and trade. I immediately went, um, back to work. I, you know, I d didn't open my, another salon at that point. I went to work at a local salon and wall to help support my child and myself. Cause I got, there was no alimony and my son was getting $53 a week and the man was a multimillionaire 10 times over. And I was getting a $53 a week. Mm. And I said, no problem. How no. does that happen though? Sorry to interrupt you, but how, how the hell does a multimillionaire squeak away with only $53 a week? How does that happen? <laughs> That's another podcast. No. <laughs> no, I need to know. No, people it's... watching be like, what? You just said he's a multimillionaire yeah. and this dude was um, only paying you $53. How does that work? Um, I mean, there's a lot of things in business that people can do because it was, like I said, it was, it was you know, a, a business that was family owned. Um, but I didn't fight. I did not fight. Why? For how, nothing. How come? Um, because I... Because I felt that, honestly, I felt this was a company that they owned. It was a family business that they owned. It had nothing to do with me. I came in 
and learned a, a trade or learned a business. And in my mind, like, I think I mastered this business. Even though I was getting thrown out, I had the knowledge. And in fact, the day that, um, well, one of the times when my ex-husband did walk out, when he did walk out, he had said to me that you will leave with nothing because I basically was, <laughs> but I had said to him, no, that's okay. I said, I'm going to leave with three things. And that is my um, dignity, my knowledge, and my son. And with these three things, I will surpass you. And I did. Hmm. I did. Okay. So you said you, you surpassed him. So what, what was your, I know you said you, had, you did the hair salon stuff, but you had another business adventure pretty much competing. Correct? I did. Yep. So, so can, can you talk about yes, I did. that? I, um, eventually what I did was I needed to make the money because he, you know, there's a lot of things he would say to me that he was trying to take my son. He would say like, um, you know, that I won't achieve anything. I'll never be anything. He said a lot of, um, abusive, horrible, abusive things. So he sounds like a dick. He was quite so, a dick. So, he was quite a dick. So yeah. Um, what else? He offered to buy my son from me. He said, you know, "Whoa!" Yeah. He said, "You'll never be able to support him like I can." So I think he offered like fifty thousand, maybe. I don't know. It was quite a lot. Wow. Okay. Now that that's something that I've never heard of. Yeah. Before. He offered me fifty thousand. He said, "I'll give you like fifty thousand dollars, and I'll take your, you know, I'll take him. And I can raise him." Let me know. I know he would never raise him correctly. Um. So what I did was I ended up with a business manager because I said I'm definitely going to do a business towing business I decided at that point I'm 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 going to compete with this motherfucker now now can I ask <laughs> now let me I, I like how you just said that now <laughs> did you only did you start the towing company because it's because it's what you've already done or is it because you wanted to do it in spite of him I think it's a combination of both because I realized that's where the money is and I'm okay that's where the money is and I know that's where I need it to be for my son. So when I was able to, and I, I'm sure there was a lot of animosity as well, because I, now like I know a business that I can compete with this motherfucker, plain English. Mm -hmm. You can cut that out. <laughs> and, no, we ain't cutting that out, baby. Okay. okay. <laughs> so I can compete with this person because I'm not stupid. Um, like he would portray me as. So, you know, what? I'm going to give him a run for his money. So I went out and bought a, um, a used truck. This was the journey. I bought a used truck that was dilapidated, but it worked. Mm -hmm. And it was he, a tow truck, right? It was, it was a tow truck. Okay. And he had all his like fancy trucks. He had probably like you know twenty five tow trucks. And he laughed at me, throw do a nickel at me. He said, "This is what you're worth." And um, it was just not nice. Wow, what a piece of trash. Um, sorry. Okay, uh, where am I at here? <laughs> no, so so you were saying you uh, you you bought these trucks and you were competing against. Yeah, him. I bought one truck and he. I remember him coming, bringing my son home to me one day and saying, "Oh my God, you just you built a homemade truck," and he called it a really nasty name that I won't even use on the air. Yeah, he so made fun. Not. He was making fun of it. So this was in the same city. Yeah. Ooh, could, wow. So, um, so you pretty much did the whole um, McDonald's and then Wendy's across the street. <laughs> <laughs> or, or Walgreens yeah, and I CBS did. across I did. the street from each other. I did. And I and I think um, what helped me and my business succeed was I knew his weaknesses in his company. And I knew what people did not like. And there were a lot of things. And I think that's what I marketed my business on was his negative side. Like the things that people didn't like about their company or his company, I think 
what I did was I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to be him. I'm going to work the opposite side and, and take his weaknesses and make them into my strengths to make this company and to, to what it would be. So it seems like, it seems like you kind of combined your entrepreneurial side with your motherly side. So I'm, I'm, exactly I'm only going on, a limb. I'm only going on a limb here and saying that the areas that he may have been weak with would be, would be customer service. Right. Uh, and I guess the, the actual relationships with the clients is, am I, I'm going on a limb here. Was that, yes, am I correct? Exactly. Okay. So that's where you kind of stepped in and you kind of filled that blank, that void because you already knew the industry. So you're like, okay, well I'm going to take my skills in this part and then combine it. And then that's how your business became successful. Correct. Um, I mean, even I never, ever as strange as it sounds, as much as he knocked me down and, would say negative things. I never ever would fight back to, with him. Like I'm this and I'm that, and I'm going to be never. I always thought in my mind in due time, in due time. You know, you've heard the, you've heard the term where they say you know make your moves in silence. Mm, no, I never heard that. You never heard that? Okay, no. so the, the, <laughs> the term is don't tell people your next move. Make mm -hmm. make your moves, be successful, then they see what what you did. And I think that's. What I, I feel I did. like yeah, I yeah, feel that's I exactly. Did what you did. So, you know, we, you know, we were talking, you know, off air, you eventually kind of ran them out of business. Right. So can you, can you, can you tell me, uh, yeah. tell me a little bit what happened with that? Um, as the company grew and I didn't do this alone. Obviously I did have a partner. Of course. Um, his name is Sean. He used to work for the other company where I was, mm -hmm. he mm -hmm. was working for my ex-husband. He was their manager for a short time. And then um, how I, well, what I did, back it up. When I decided, okay, this is it. I'm going to do this towing company. I had contacted Sean and said, hey, listen, you know, this is what I, I want to do. I want to start a towing company. I had the hair salon. I did open another hair salon. So I was, you know, financially, I was really like, how do you want to say it? Like stretching it. Yeah. Now I'm, you're, you're stretching it thin. Stretching your, your time it. and your money was thin. Yeah. I was trying to, you know, I'm running this hair salon with a supply house. I'm raising my son, which I still managed to do. I, you know, I had people working for me, so I quality time with him. I didn't have to sacrifice that. So I was doing what I really wanted to do, be an entrepreneur and then still raise my son without giving him up. Um, so uh, where am I at here? Yeah, Back no, it's just I, I want to know about your, <laughs> your relationship with your son. All right, can we, can we go into that just a little bit? If that's okay. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, first of all, how was your relationship? How was his relationship with his, his dad? Does he know about all this stuff? Because because growing up, you know, I, I know a story about my dad from from my point of view. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I know the story about my dad from my mom's point of view. Right. So does he know what happened? And if he does, how does he feel about that? Okay. Um, good question. What I did was, and I've actually told um, clients, because I'm also a divorce coach. And we'll get to that. And relationship coach. That's a part of the podcast, too. Uh, I know, but <laughs> I actually tell people, and this is what I had, I did do, was I documented everything like a diary. Um, when And it helps you emotionally get through a lot of turmoil in your life, is write it down. Write it down. Um, if there was a bad day, I would write it down. I would say this happened, that happened, not realizing what it was going to lead up to. I never once ever talked about the ex-husband at all to his to my son. I let everything ride its course. Anything I would try to encourage them to be, you know, go with your dad, 
never, ever, 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 I know this, I don't want to sidetrack it, but don't ever talk negative about the other spouse. And I did not. As bad as it was, the fighting we did on the road with the towing, we fought like cats and dogs. <laughs> it was bad. It never came into my home. I would never say, oh, your father was an asshole today. He fucking took a wreck from me. You know, he did this, he did that. <laughs> Shut me down, took me off a tow list. I would, I would never, ever throw anything negative about his father. I let it ride out. Um, How come? How come? I, I didn't think it was my place. Because you got a young child, you have a, uh, and he was only two, under two, so he grew up not having us together as a, as a husband, you know, mom and dad. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to taint or or you, they have to form their own opinion on the other parent, or if they have one, if they don't have one, it's got to be up to that child to see. Getting back, and I can sidetrack. Getting back to the um, diary, I would write down, you know, things that happen in incidents. You know, when he didn't take him home or he didn't have him, he was sitting with babysitters. He, you know, locked me out. Just things that were not nice, not to rehash. Everything was documented in a diary. So what was really strange about this was when my son was 14 years old, he went through a lot of... Teenage angst. Yes, but his uh, caused by his dad. His dad had remarried a woman with three children um, nothing against that, but like, I guess, again, I stepped out, so I didn't really know what was going on, but you know, they made a, my son's bedroom was in the basement, you know, things like, it was like, my son was like the stepchild, obviously of the stepchild and maybe I shouldn't bring this up right now, but this was kind of what happened to him, but I didn't even know it, but there was a lot of turmoil in that home with my son to where when he came home one day, he's like, I don't want to go there anymore. And I'm like, well, what's going on? And when he explained to me, and then he goes, I also want to ask you some questions about your divorce with dad. What happened? As a 14-year-old? As a 14-year-old. Wow, that's super could, mature. Oh, no, because well, he's an old soul. So this is what he was like, What's you know, what happened? And I'm like, wow. Like four, almost like 14 years old. You know, how do you explain this? You don't. I literally went into the safe and took out this diary that I had documented for all these years. And I said, read it. Mm. And when he read it, he says, this is all I needed to know. And in that were things and stories that happened that he remembered, but he heard a different side from the father. Mm. My, and I don't, you don't lie. You never lie. And you know, his father would say something else when there it is now years later, he's reading what was said, you know, what was done. And sadly enough, um, there was a lot of things that led up to, um, him and his father pardon in, in ways he didn't want to go there anymore, and um, yeah. I couldn't force him. And he, he ended up not going over there. He tried later years remaining friends with his dad in ways of, you know, he, my son got married. He invited his father to the wedding. His father then couldn't come to the wedding because he was sick. Um, my son had a baby a couple years back. He was supposed to come see the baby. He never came see the baby. So my son did not take him out of his life. He just kind of... You know, he grew up. He grew up and was doing something. And I kept encouraging him to keep the father in his life. I said, you need to, um, you know, don't be, you know, he's got his thing. But, you know, you never want to regret or resent not talking to him. You want to be able to, you know, say, I did what I can. Not, you know, everyone's got their stories, right? So, so this, you know, do what you can. And he tried. 
now he, today he does not talk to his father because after he set up a time to come see his baby and he never showed up, that was it. Yeah. Done. He will never talk to him again. Two years ago, his son is four now, two years ago, the ex called me, begging me once again to please get him to call me, please get him to do this, I need you to talk to him. And I said, I can't talk anymore. I've done so much, but I'll try. And his famous thing was the ex was writing letters. You know, he always write letters. I said, do what you always did best, write your letter. Mm. Write your letter. And I think that was one of the best things he could have done because in that letter he wrote to my son, my son was able to see what had happened and his father was asking him for forgiveness. And I think there was a lot in that letter where we thought maybe it would open the door. It closed the door even harder. But do you think that was probably the better decision? Like, yeah. you, you ever hear the term that people kind of show who they are, even if it's indirectly? Yes, and that's exactly what happened because yeah. he explained what happened. He was sorry for this, sorry for that. So at least my son knew it wasn't him. Of course. And it's weird that, that it would even come down that way. And that was it. To this day, he will not talk to his father. Wow. So yeah, that's that definitely would shape who you are as a person and kind of give you a, a you know some validation uh, with why we're doing this podcast. You know, and I think what you mentioned about the, the whole diary thing, I want to just rewind just a little bit about that. Um, mm-hmm. Do you remember your very first entry? I know it's a long time ago, but do you remember the first thing you ever wrote in there, or 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 what actually made you pick it, pick something up and write in it? I think it was more emotional. To help, it helps you understand what's going on in your life when you write it down and when you read it, it's like it's it's there in front of you. Not only in your head, it's there in front of you. The first thing I ever wrote, um, I I can't quite remember. I think it's when things started to go bad in 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 our you know relationship where when he was pulling on me and fighting with me to do this and do that. And I think I started writing stuff down then. Um, to help myself understand better and making sure I'm making the right decisions. But when you write things down like that and you go over them, you start to really see there's something to this. There's definitely, I think, a great connection to write things down and go over it and over it. And uh, it helps make decisions as well. Yeah. I'm going to ask you a, a completely random question, but I think it does apply to you and I think it does apply to the, the podcast as well. Mm-hmm. When people are growing up and, you know, they either become successful or, you know, whatever. Do you think, what? okay, so what matters more? Do you think the positive aspects in their lives or the negative reactions um, apply more? What shapes them more? Do you think the positive or the negative? I think it's both. You think it's a, a blend of both? Yeah, you need... What I would say... I'm just might not be answering your question correctly, but I always said in my life, and I think many of us, I had to have bad, and bad always turned to good. I had to have negativity, negative things, and I would, and I got through them, knowing that these are the bumps in the road. You know, I'm going to get through this because we get so much shit thrown at us. You know, when you're going through things, that it's like, fuck, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to get through this? But knowing at the end you'll be a winner. You will come through it. It's getting to that point. So I think there's a lot of negativity. You need a lot of everything, but you need to stay positive and focused. And I think, and I might be on a tangent right now, but I think what helped me stay focused was I uh, channeled all of my animosity that I had going through my divorce 
and I channeled it into pre and productive. Mm, so that was a motivator. Yeah, yeah. And looking at my son, knowing that he had me, and I just knew he was only going to have me, that this man was off kilter. He was off. He definitely wasn't off. And I knew I had to raise this child to the, you know, the best of my ability. And that, and, and I did. And I think, um, and like I said, channeling. You have to channel your animosity, any kind of, if you have hateness or you want to beat these people up when you're going through a divorce, <laughs> don't do it. You know, take all that angry and anger and challenge it into something positive, whether it be, you got to be creative, turn it around, you know, because there's a lot of, right? People do different things when they're going through a divorce. There's a lot of hate. Yeah. You want to do this. Don't take it to hate. Try to push it into something that's going to, that energy, make it, make it more creative to bring you into a better position or a better place in life. Okay. So let's, let's fast forward just a little bit, right? You know, you already have a successful business now. Um, how I want to dive into the relationship part now, mm -hmm. right? Um, how is it like dating and relationships, being a single mother entrepreneur as well? Um, I want to hear about, was it tough to, to date? Because, you know, nowadays, you know, you see these on the internet all the time. Oh, I can't date a woman with money, you know, because they don't want, they don't essentially need us, right, uh, as men. Um, how was dating back then? W was it difficult uh, for you? Honestly, um, I did not date. Um, Why? <laughs> I thought people were like, what? <laughs> I didn't date. Um, what I did was I... I mean, it wasn't that long of a time of, or lengthy of a time, but I immediately, when the divorce happened, when he left me, I needed to find myself. I needed to focus on me and my son and not date and, you know, do all that kinds of crazy stuff. And that's why I focused on opening up, starting this business, who I ended up with my manager of my company, of the Tumblr company. I ended up, when I reached out to him to help me get the company going, I needed someone to jump in the trucks and do all that kinds of stuff. And that's who I ended up. He was my second husband. So yeah, I didn't date. Mm. I stayed away from the dating scene. I just focused on uh, raising my son and okay. starting so, business. So, so let's, let's see if we can apply that to current times now. As a, you are a relationship coach, right? <laughs> yes. Um, do, what advice do you have to fellow women entrepreneurs who were in a similar situation now do you advise them to say hey no you really shouldn't be focused on dating or is your situation kind of unique i think i'm i think it's a unique situation due to the fact at the time my son was you know under two years old and i was in a different mindset today you know as you know we're older and um you know i was married twice i think we know that right mm -hmm. and um I think it's 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 fine to date. Obviously, you can date, but it's a whole different world out there today to, on dating. You're and to meet if you do have a little money, you're meeting men that this sounds really bad. We it's not like, or not just for women to men. Men is to women as well. Also, I think you need to pick an equal as you, or a little above, because you do meet people that are trying to hang on for a ride. And I know that sounds really bad. Ooh, okay. Hold on. Okay. Yeah. When you say for a ride, do you mean, like, can you elaborate a little more? What do you mean by that? Well, when they start asking you what you have and what, oh, you got a Range Rover and you got this and you got that. Wow, you must have money. Oh, there's a certain feeling. And then it's not like 
and I think there's other, actually I spoke to a woman the other night who was kind of going through the same thing. And men go through it as well. I just think we're all, you know. And this is something that we're going to be talking about during the podcast. I, yeah. One of the things is that, that is that drew me to want to produce this show for you is that we're going to hear from both perspectives. Yeah. I think that uh, when we have these that are similar podcasts, I think what's going to differ us from them is that a lot of it is just argument and nothing ever actually gets solved. And so I, I think when we do our podcast and we have these different points of views and perspectives, I think we can be constructive, but also listen. Correct. Correct. Yes. Um, you don't want to walk around thinking, oh, you know, I got more and I got this. And I, it's not the point of who has more. I always feel and I tell a lot of, you know, clients and just in general, it's not the fact of the dollar amount as as well. It's what you're bringing to the table. You know, if you meet somebody who's got, has a job and they're making their money and they're working, they're doing their thing. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a beautiful thing. But you, and they're bringing something to the table. And I think, and that's what it's all about is what are you going to bring to the table? We're older. You know, we are older. You're not going to take somebody in their forties and fifties and say, you know, what'd you do with your life? And they're like, well, I never worked. <laughs> like, and I know it sounds really bad, but as somebody who say who financially is stable, you do have to think, and not saying it is the right way to think, but you'd start to think like, mm, are we is this person in it for the right reason? And I think that's where, like, again, being older, you do meet a lot of different types of people. You meet a lot of young, a lot of married. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I, no, no, no. That I, I, I agree with you there. So I want to ask you a couple of. Uh, let's have some fun here. I think we, I think we dived into um, quite a bit of info about yourself, and I think we got personal. Um, so I think we should let's have a little fun. Let's we can get personal too. But I'm going to ask you a series of questions, and I just kind of want to hear your your your, your thoughts okay. on those. So it, it'll pertain to the podcast and pertain to what you know we're doing as a show. So I'm going to. Ask you some rapid fire questions, and I want to hear your 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 first response. Okay, all right. <laughs> you ready? Okay. <laughs> okay. Tell me, give me your thoughts on cheating in relationships. Ooh, cheating. Is it in it in this day and age? In this day and age, do you believe in monogamy? There, that's a better question. In this day and age, do you believe in monogamy? I would like to say I. Do there what? are cases that it? There, I think it's a time frame. No, I, I, I don't think. I think there's a certain period in someone's life that there is no. I don't think like monogamy is out. Let me rephrase that one. No, I get you. You said you don't think monogamy is out, but I guess it's it applies to different. Yeah. Every everybody's every everybody's situation is different. Everybody's situation is different. Um, I'd like to think that. There is monogamy for those who choose to be in a relationship. Like I have friends that are females that their boyfriends or husbands would never cheat on them, but they are, (laughs) Mm. or they might be. And I don't want to just say it like that, but you know, no, I get you. I think the chance of cheating is if you're married, there's probably a good, 30 to 60% chance there might be some cheating. And if you're not married, and there's actually, I actually looked that up one time. There were some statistics to that. If you're not married, the chances are even greater um, hmm. on cheaters. There's less risk involved, right? There's less risk involved. I think a lot of people are married 
And the ones that are married don't want to break up the marriages because there's too much money involved. There's uh, a lot of it's money and finance. They don't want to lose. Mm. And I think that's part of. uh, So do you think that's the biggest relationship issue between people is the money? Or do you think that. So so let's take cheating out of the out of the equation. Right. What do you think are the biggest reasons why people get divorced? It's your opinion. Yeah. um, It's got to be financial, right? Sex? No, it's not even financial because, I mean, my second marriage, um, we were very financially stable, very, very over the top, and that's another story. Mm-hmm. I think it was we we lost one another. I'm talking about my story. I don't want to talk about everything. I think we lost one another in the journey mm. of our success, and we probably were not really paying attention to one another as much as we probably could have. Um. The relationship started because he was my manager. So I, I don't know. I just think that. Um, but the thing I is, with, with the two of you guys, you are still friends. So, I mean, yeah, honestly, that relationship friends. is just better. You're just not married. We're just not married. Yeah. Because I think it, it went back to what we were, right? We were business partners. We were, well, he was my manager and I was, and we worked together in that. We worked together that way. And I just think he's the, he's the father of my daughter. Mm-hmm. Thank God. He was a great man. Probably one of the best men I've ever met in my life. How crazy as that sounds, <laughs> but to be married, it just you know we just it just you know I didn't it just wasn't there anymore. No, I I I I com- completely understand exactly where you come from because some people just drift apart. You know, it's not that anybody did anything wrong. It's just that you guys yeah, are just a just not compatible, or b you guys are just on different paths. Whether it's career, whether it's spiritual, whether it's just. Anything else? And it happens. It happens. And I can remember when things were really, we were just doing our own thing. And I can remember saying, you know, I, hey, I, you know, Sean, I think the bus stopped. And he goes, yeah, I think it did. We were just like, okay, well, I don't think this was going to be, we just, it just wasn't there anymore. And I, we out, I don't say we outgrew each other. I mean, we had an amazing journey together, amazing compliment, compliments together. We, I mean, most People don't have what we had in a marriage that, say, failed and the finances because we never let the marriage failure interfere with the business. I kept the business going even to this day. We, you know, even though we weren't together anymore and everybody thought we were going to lose the company and they were all excited. Oh, great. You know, they're going to be divorced. The company's going to be gone. No, no. The company grew stronger because we didn't let our differences even with buying, he he did buy me out from the company, but it's it still, I did it in a way that everyone survived, that the company still today is successful, probably one of the largest in New York, but it, kept, it still survived because we, st- we kept the business sense right. Emotional sense, no, that was over with. Gotcha. I'm oh. making any sense there. No, you, you definitely made sense. So I want to ask you, I want to go back to one of the things that you, you said earlier. You were talking about, um, you know, kind of know your worth and know what you bring to the table. How do you know what you bring to the table? Okay. Um, da, 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 big word I use, I see. I'll figure that out. Um, how do you know what you bring to the table? When you meet somebody, um, you're talking to them. When they have, and I'm, mostly when they were older, if they have a lot of baggage and they're ripping their ex-wife apart and their the kids are just like, delinquent issue problem with their kids mm-hmm. and you say you know 
they tell you about themselves. And sometimes maybe I'm not saying they should not tell you, talk about themselves, but it scares you when they have all, it's more like baggage is basically what I'm saying. Now I always say everyone has baggage. It depends on how heavy, you know, whether it's going to be checking the plane or check under the plane. (laughs) (laughs) I probably went off the the subject, but no, um, it's, it's kind of like when you meet them and they're, they got all these issues. When I say bring to the table, they got all these issues, and here you are, right? You're working. You've done your you've done your shit. You've done everything the way you think you should have done, and you're feeling good about yourself. And like, yeah, it would be cool to have somebody to like spend some time with and have some fun. And they're coming in like like a freight train, <laughs> like like oh, you know, I have this problem, I have that problem, I have and then they got like seventy five girlfriends, and you and they all have their stories on why their marriages broke up and what. You're like, fuck, man, it's just too heavy. I just can't do this. And it's, you know, it's too heavy. Many, too many red it's flags. Heavy. It's heavy. Yeah, red flag, red flag, one after the other, and it's heavy. And then you're like, wow. Okay. If they came in light, and this is another discussion we'll probably have, you know, like I said, we ever talk about the dating. Um, when we talk about dating, all I'm going to say is if people came in and introduced themselves and you met like we did organically when we were kids – and when you met somebody, it was all like a natural feeling. Like you would say, hey, you know, you, you were attracted to somebody and they were attracted to you. You would have a great conversation. And if we remember correctly, back then in the day, um, it was, I don't want to say it was about school, but it was about, you know, just nonchalant things. There's so much shit today and baggage that they're coming in with all their exes and their this problem and that problem. And, and like, okay, okay, well, you know, all right, I hear all that, but. Why don't you just relax, chill out, and be natural? It's not natural today. I'm finding a lot is not natural. It's all on, you mm. know, what they can get from you at that point. And then there's so many people that are out there that are divorced or cheating. Yeah, tons of cheaters. Um, so it's a, just a crazy game right now. And I think at this stage, I would have to say the best thing, you know, just kind of roll slow. So you're saying that real slow, most kind of like. Most people are maybe disingenuous with their intentions or their approach because, you know, as we, as we are older, like you say, we have a lot of baggage. So, yeah. uh, so what would you say, you know, you are, you know, you are a relationship coach. What would you say to somebody that's, you know, around, around, you know, in their forties or fifties, who, who is single? Do you have any tips on what to look for? I think people should just keep it natural. Keep it natural. Um, try to think let me be back in the day when you used to date and it, you're talking two different things for women and men as well. You know, you're talking like men just want to get laid. I mean, women do too, but you get, listen to what the other person's saying. Mm-hmm. Listen to what the other person is saying. When I'm, I'm going to talk about apps. Okay. Let's just say about these dating apps. When you are on a dating app and you have somebody on their app saying to you, they're looking for a monogamous relationship this is what they want. Why, if you're a man, and I'm only going by this as, or a woman, and you want to play the field, why are you answering that call? Go on a different app. <laughs> mm. Go on. Don't answer a woman or a man that says they're looking for a relationship. And you're on a hookup app. Right. Right. Or you're on there saying, you know, I'm looking for a relationship. And I've heard this so many stories over and over again. I want to get into all these, but you know, they're looking for a relationship. Um, 
you know, I'm looking for Mr. Right, blah, blah, blah. And then when Mr. Right comes in, she's about getting raped at the bar. Mm. And it's like, well, what happened? Well, I don't know. He walked in, started grabbing at me, and I'm like, well, what? Well, maybe you give him a <laughs> maybe give him a mixed signal. No, it, it's not. It's like, it's weird. So Ellie, you know, let's actually start talking about the podcast. I want to know why we're actually doing story time with Ellie and what we actually look forward to in the future on our future episodes. Um, story time with Ellie. Just give you a quick, quick try to do a quick recap. It started out with um, throughout my life, I've always been the go-to friend. People have always called me for, you know, answers and bada, bada, bada. And um, story time, uh, I felt these small, these small talks of clarity turned into story time with Ellie. And narrative therapy separates a person from their problems, and it helps them understand through story time, through stories, it helps them get better clarity on what they're going through and knowing that you're not the only one going through whatever it is the story's about. So that's kind of why I come up with the story time with Ellie. Okay. So what, what kind sense? of, yeah, of course it does. What kind of episodes should we be looking forward to? Like any topics that you want yeah, to have to dive into? Yep. We're going to do um, stories on Dayton. Uh, we'll talk to some different guests on their input on Dayton. We're going to talk about infidelity and we are going to also be interviewing. This is going to be, this is the one of the biggest things I really wanted to do was the inspirational, um, entrepreneurial people who have made it and their journey. I want them to come on and I want the, us to, I want people to hear their story on how they went from here, you know, the bottom to the top and what they went through to get there. Cause we all have stories Everybody has a story, and I think this is what we need. This is the inspiration we need to help us move forward in our own lives is going through other people's narrated stories. Yeah, and uh, I think that's a perfect perfect point to, to end today's show, and I think a, a theme of the show is, you know, it's crazy. You, everybody has a story. Everybody's story is mm -hmm. different. I think the more stories that we hear, we'll actually find out we are kind of all – we're all the same. The same. We're all and, the same. We're yeah. all on that path. We're all. And I always just say, hey, you know, it's not on our destination. Well, I don't say it. Everyone says it. It's not just the destination. It's the journey. And I think anyone who has made it will say, you know, wow, you know, I made it. And for many of us, making it, knowing and what what we had to do to get where to make it, we probably would have never taken the journey. <laughs> we probably would have said, I can't do it because it's scary. It's scary. Again, we didn't dive into a lot of that, you know. But we'll get it, there. Yeah. We'll get there. Just like you said, it's not yeah. It's not the destination. It's the journey. And I hope everybody who came and watched today's show understand a little bit more about Ellie and, and her journey. And hopefully we look forward to you all uh, watching and downloading the show. If you haven't had a chance yet, make sure you, you like and subscribe and share the show to anybody who you think would be a wonderful guest or who would benefit from watching the show. So on behalf of Ellie and myself, I do want to say thank you for watching. You. Ellie, say bye everybody bye thank you we'll see you yeah. later